Welcome to Bluebells Forever, and this is the one-year anniversary of when my first episode came out, and that was with Lindsay Raven, who was the inspiration for this whole thing, because it was at the reunion that it seemed imperative to tell the stories of these amazing dancers and the history that goes all the way back to the 40s, and also now in the present with this new cast, that we're all this collection of wonderful stories. So it felt important today to just honor this, like marking milestones seems important, especially in a year where we don't know what day it is half the time. I still finally figured it was Saturday. So I just felt, okay, let's mark this. And I wanted to ask my good friend, Anne to help me out on this and actually like interview me because I don't want to just get on here and just ramble for (laughs) for a whole episode, (laughs) but there's a lot of in processing. And so I asked her to do this and I'm really glad that it's Anne that's doing it. She's a dear friend and has been on here several times. So I'm going to turn it over to her and just see if I still ramble, if I've got somebody reining me in a little bit. <laughs> I may not be the right person to rein you in, but I'll do my best. <laughs> but thank you very much for asking me to be a part of this, uh, not just today, but you know, your whole series. It's, it's always an honor to, um, you know, to talk and share stories and hear from other folks. And it's just been um, really special. So thank you for including mm-hmm. me. You, you sort of touched on it in your intro, but I would, would you be open to expanding a little bit more about how this started? You know, you, you spoke a little bit about the inspiration for it, but how did it really come to be? That's a good question, Anne. You should have a podcast. That's good. Good interview. <laughs> um, it really was at the reunion because I have really, I want to say addicted almost to podcasts, but I listen to too many politic ones, political ones that get me in a frenzy and I realize I can't do that so much. But it was, I'm fascinated with stories. A lot of my healing after trauma was in a story workshop. And then I did a um, certificate program on abuse and trauma. And a lot of it was writing our story. And you didn't get to just write it, the pretty parts. Mm. It really was like to tell the truth of your story. And one of the things they said is you will tell your story every which way until someone hears it. Mm. And so like, if you keep bringing out the same story or people like, God, they tell the story over and over. It's like, well, until someone hears it, maybe then I'm I finished what I needed to say. Mm. And so there's a lot of stories of my own that I hadn't even looked at that much. And so being at the reunion and, and hearing every reunion, share what, what reunion. Oh, thank you. Actually, yeah. there was two, one, uh, two, two years before. Okay. So I have to go back four years. Okay. It was the hello Hollywood. Hello reunion. And I didn't even know there had been one before that before Facebook showed me there was a new one. I found out they'd already had one. And so I just finding these people was a gift and being there and I just had a hip replacement. So I was on morphine and pain and a scooter with swollen legs, but a pretty dress. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it was kind of a blur, but it was wonderful. And it was just to see people that I hadn't seen for so long. And then to see videos and photographs and like, it was impromptu, like five guys just stood up and started singing an acapella the beginning of hello, Hollywood. Hello. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got really emotional. And I, mm-hmm. I was really emotional by a lot of the stories and the pictures. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this really mattered. This was a huge part of my life that I think I had kind of closed the door on like that was before. And I have reasons for that, but maybe we'll get to that in another question. Mm-hmm. And then going to Pete Menifee's, um, talk with Karen Burns costumes and seeing the costumes there and getting mm-hmm. up close, like, Oh my gosh, that's what I wore in finale. And just talking about like just the beauty and how lucky we were to be hired that it was like, I know that I got hired out of like 300 something dancers. And then I realized not till that long ago, there was only five of us that they brought up from the Vegas audition to come in as replacements a year into the show. And then it wasn't just Vegas. They had other 
auditions. And I talked to other people I've interviewed and they auditioned in Paris, but they also, you know, they would go to other cities until they got everyone that they wanted. I mean, they could have just taken it out of one city. So Mm -hmm. I think it was just this realization of what an honor it was to even be chosen and understanding more of some crap that was wrapped up in that around my own story that I didn't fully get to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And then when the, when the one for um, the Lido in Paris was a couple of years ago, I thought it was only people at the Lido. So I thought, I'm just going to put my nose in here and say, you know, is there any way? And they go, no, no, this is open for all bluebells. And I bought that ticket. I don't, I don't know if I can pay for this. I don't know if I can justify this. I have to go. Like, it wasn't just like, I want to, I'm going. Yeah. And when they said, who wants to take class on the Lido stage? Only 20 oh. people. I like, I had my second hip replacement. I'm like, I- I'm doing it. I- if I'm hobbling or whatever, I'm going to do it. And then the photo, like I took every opportunity of what was offered. And I think I really embraced that one, hmm. but it was standing in line. Like you're waiting you know, to check in and the line is really long and they can only get people through so fast. And I'm thankful for that because it was time in the line. Mm-hmm. And I hardly knew anybody like for my cast, I think there was maybe four of the time, four people from the time I was there. There are other people from Hello Hollywood, but the show ran so long. So I didn't know hardly anyone in line. And you just listen to the stories and you'd see the reunions of people hugging each other and like, you know, tears of joy and high pitched girl screams. of like, oh my God. <laughs> and just listening, like, oh my gosh, this is such a weird reality that we lived. And when you're in it, it seems normal when you talk about, you know, the horses in the show or what happened with the tiger, or, mm-hmm. you know, and then you go to your other job and like, oh, that's that's not normal. Um, and I think it was also seeing photos on Facebook were being posted. And I just started to go back through my scrapbook and remember things. And I think just really wanted to embrace it fully. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you after yourself on it. Yeah. And so when it was, I thought I've always wanted to do a podcast and I was kind of wrestling, like maybe it'll be all professional dancers. Like, cause I also worked for Gene and Ryan and Greg Thompson. I'm like, no, it's bluebells. This is such a unique company. It's such a a unique origination of why and how and how it's kept going that I just want to focus because there's, there's never going to be enough time for me to interview the tiniest fraction of how many of those there aren't many have passed. And that was another thing. A lot of people have passed this year. Like now that we have social media of like grieving another death and another death Mm -hmm, that it felt like, let's tell these stories while we're here and we're mostly of sound mind and, you know, we can appreciate it. And now we have COVID and we maybe have time and that the world feels just kind of fragmented. Like we're so divided in so many ways, but we're all in the same thing together. So when every time I talk to someone in another country, like, how's it going there? Like, what's your lockdown like, or what are you guys doing? So yeah, that's some of the perks that came after, but the why was it just felt important to tell the stories for started out like my curiosity. Then I've understood this a lot about my own healing. Mm. And I mean, you say stories are important. You kind of touched on a little bit. Why do you feel stories are important? What is it about stories that um, helps the the storyteller themselves, maybe the interviewer, and also just those who listen? Why are stories important to you and in general for us? Well, I think it connects us in our humanity because we can say, oh, yeah, we all go through this. So then we can generalize where it doesn't matter. Or like, oh, no one will understand my story. You know, my pain is too much or you just won't get it. And so when you actually sit with people in honest stories and you realize that someone actually does care and does listen, mm-hmm. um, that you go, oh, this actually matters. And it's not just that my story matters. I think it helps us to remember that we matter. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of like the embody work I do is when we share story, we don't get to give 
um, advice. We don't minimize, we don't spiritualize because a lot of us have come out of kind of like some damage from church culture where we're like, just pray about it. Or, you know, that's, you shouldn't think that way. You should think this way. And so you're going, okay, I guess I'll just go hide this over here. Yeah. So to actually tell your real story, um, I think it just, it, one question I've asked so many times, I realize I'm asking is because I'm, it was my own answer. It's like, are you in awe of your life? Like I just hear people's stories and I'm like, they're similar to mine, but I'm, you could hear my gasp in the interview, like, mm. oh, Mm. wow (laughs) but it's like oh yeah mine is just that is as fascinating as that it's just as unique and you know if someone only did the show for a short time and they went on and you know if it was being a mother that's still amazing amazing part of your life it's not like here's this gem and the rest was just like everybody else like I think the uniqueness and it's like it just draws us together like that we're we have ups and downs. And when you look at, you know, social media, it looks like everybody's got the perfect marriage and the perfect right. body. And then you realize, oh, we all struggle. And that's, that's something I love how the interviews have turned into that quickly. It wasn't just like, tell me your costume mishaps or tell me about your audition. We start telling our real story and you start to hear about some of the heartache and you hear like what people have overcome. Mm. And we, I think we need to hear that too. Like, okay. Or not like, oh, I've solved it all. Now I'm okay. I don't really understand you anymore. It's like, Oh yeah, that was really hard. I've been there. Like, keep going, or like, yeah, I'm in the middle of it too. And you go, thank God, not everybody has this life figured out. Well, yeah, I I think that uh, you know people. I think part of it too is that just that everybody actually has a story. Every single one of us has a story, and uh, you know maybe the expectation in the beginning was to tell dance stories or stage stories, like you just said but really the stories run so much deeper, right? And it's, it's the human story. And, and while you're focused on bluebells with this podcast, you know, it's, it's, everybody has a story and it is, everybody is fascinating. You know, we all go through things. We all have these experiences and, and it's true. It is easy to kind of get in, onto your own Island, uh, into <laughs> your own bubble and um, you know, think that maybe you were the only one who feels this pain or, or this, you know, this type of pain, whatever, or this sort of joy. And so to hear other people's stories, it, you're right. It's, it's true. We do connect with each other more and more, the more stories that we hear, the more we're like, Hey, I felt that I know they, Oh, they felt like they felt like that too. You know, what a relief or, you know, I'm sorry that they felt that way. Cause that wasn't a fun thing to feel, but yes, to have that uh, a non-judgmental arena to share and just share. That's outstanding. What <sighs> a nice, what a nice thing to, to be a part of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a beautiful surprise. Well, I was just about to say, what has surprised you <laughs> through, through this process? What has surprised you? Um, I think that how eager people are to share this story, because some mm. people have said they haven't talked about it. I've had people in their eighties that said, I haven't talked about this for 50 years. Mm. And so when they share, oh, there's so many surprises. Okay. I want to talk about that one because I've interviewed people that I've noticed like their face changes as they talk about these days. Like I look at them and you can see, you know, their bluebell face in there when you've seen their pictures of them, even in black and white. Mm -hmm. And as they start talking, their face changes. And I swear they're back to the age that they Mm -hmm. were then I'm on zoom. Like you guys don't get to hear or get to see the video, but I get to see people's faces change and they start to remember and they kind of like their body changes, their face changes and that they might be nervous to talk or some people. So they didn't realize they even had anything to say like, Oh, my mm-hmm. life is boring. I'm like, 
well, just the fact that you did that show there, it can't be boring. <laughs> and like I said, if you, like, you know, you could talk to your neighbor and find out their life isn't boring either. Right. Um, so some of the surprises were that people, once they get talking, they're just like, oh my gosh, I haven't processed this before. Or things that were hard that they didn't even realize were hard until they start to say it. And then have someone go, oh yeah, that, that would be hard. And like, oh yeah, that was, or, or to celebrate things. Cause we all get in like, I made it, you guys look at, it. I made it like, so did the rest of us, you know? So I think, I think that there's something of being in awe of our story that surprised me. I'm also surprised of how connected I feel to each person I interview. I get off and off the interview and I'm like, I'm on a high for hours mm. and I get so excited. Like I'm five weeks banked. Like I have so many episodes now because I was worried, but if I, you know, I got to catch up and then I have yeah. too many and now I'm like, okay, this one's so exciting, but I have these other ones. I'm so excited. So the day before I'm already anticipating posting their pictures and having what I love also is when their friends get on there and see their pictures and like, oh, you look amazing. Oh yeah. I remember this. And then their friends are seeing themselves in their pictures mm. and they're, I feel like they're getting, these people get to be celebrated for this time, like to have people reach out and go, oh, I didn't know you did that. People from their outside, outside world. Yeah, <laughs> right. <sounds> <laughs> but I didn't know you could do that. And I didn't know, you know, that was even part of your life. And the people that were in the show with them, like I sat next to you for a year. I never knew this about you. Mm. So I love that. And I get excited. To, to just post the pictures and I get really excited about the pictures because our photos are amazing. Yep. Mine and my, our, my generation were done with a crappy Instamatic camera and we probably have two rolls and one of the rolls is in front of the toilet because you weren't really supposed to be taking pictures. So yeah, you're right. on stage against, <laughs> and then now like the new cast, they have like, I'm going to say that's a Joe photo. He's a, he's one of the dancers in the show that captures the most beautiful black and white photos. And I had him on like, do you guys know what a gift it is to have these photos? that are professional. And he captures like the real beauty of the woman, not the makeup and the feathers and the rhinestones. It's how he captures them. And I'm like, so I'm fascinated by photos uh, more than I thought. And so I want to store them all. And my iPad is full and it keeps telling me to get rid of some. And I'm like, but I want 12 of Anne and I want 12 <laughs> of Natalie. And I, yeah, so I, I just really am loving that, but it is like how connected on a zoom call for like probably an hour and a half. Cause we talked for maybe half hour, 20 minutes to half hour to figure out what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I get off and I'm like, I love this. Like yesterday I talked to, I have to say his name, LaMichael Leonard, the best conversation. And I actually told him I loved him. Oh, <laughs> I, go, does, I go, does that, that sounds weird. He goes, no, I totally get it. Like we're having a heart to heart mm -hmm. across, like he's in Paris, I'm here. And we were talking about show business things, but also heart stuff. And I yeah. realized that's, that's what feeds me more than anything. And so when I have that heart to heart conversation, I am fed because I live by myself in a pandemic where, you know, I, the dog, I say, here's what my day was today. And he nods yeah. and, and I'm at the studio, but it, we're doing things like, you know, take the temperature, take your class. We don't socialize. And I come home yeah. and that this has been like a really beautiful, um, social <laughs> way to socialize with people, yeah. but I don't want to do small talk. I mean, everything's exhausting right now. Yes. Um, and to do like, I don't really want to go talk, you know, but when I get to talk to someone for an hour on things that go a little deeper, it's, it's so beautiful. And I think, yeah, that there's people that I feel like are some of my best friends I've never met face to face. Mm -hmm. There's one girl that she is just going through hell right now. And she says she listens to the, the podcast on her drive to help her get through. Mm. And she's actually like, that matters to me that this is more than just entertainment. 
But like the conversations we've had, I'm like, I haven't had this with people I've been friends with for 20 years, you know? So there's a level. Yeah. There's that. So, so special because you are, um, I mean, you do, I guess a little bit of probably your small talk when you're preparing, you know, when the two of you are preparing for what you're going to speak about, but yeah, you, that's, what's special about this is you get to the meat, you know, of, of a person faster. You know, I was just thinking about while you're saying that the per, you know, the person you're interviewing in Paris. So let's say you go to, um, you know, you go to a reunion in person and you're just meeting these people and, you know, it's pro- probably will be small talk at a table and maybe some fun stuff from the show itself, but yes, this allows you to really, to really dive into the person, you know, and, and that's such a special thing uh, to be able to do. How wonderful, how wonderful for you mm-hmm. and, you know, the person that you're speaking with and all of us, we get to, to hear it, you know, it's really special. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Thank you. Cause I think we even talked about, we were kind of like a product in a way, mm-hmm. you know, you put, you come in with whatever is going on you put those lashes on and however yep. many pounds of pancake and you <laughs> everything in and you, you know, you were a product and I love how I'm going to drop so many names in this. Christopher Nunez is actually writing a musical about Bluebell. I am so excited. There's books Very being cool. written. I'm learning all these things that people are writing their books and mm. feels really important to tell the stories. Um, but how um, he was talking about the magic of Don Arden's show is like even the last, I don't know what show he was even talking about. The curtain is almost closed in that one beautiful star of the yep. show, whoever that is. There's just a look that even her eyelashes are choreographed. Mm. And she does the look like we're going away. You're going back to your boring life. This isn't real. This was like, it's all to like make people feel good, but we are part of the product. Yeah. And so to go, Oh wait, these real people with these real stories. Cause I don't know if you ever heard things people assumed about you as a dancer, like if we were oh, loose yeah. or a partier or that we live, like what are, that we actually go home, take our makeup off, you know, maybe brush our teeth, maybe not before we go to sleep. Right. We still, you know, have to make breakfast and I, people like like how we think of celebrities almost that way like yeah. they don't poop they don't poop they don't like have problems <laughs> like they don't pay bills we all but, all of us dancers we actually live in those costumes and we just live right there on the stage we just right. we're just there when the curtain goes back up the next night we're like hey we're still here <laughs> we just we had a little a little bit of salad and we were waiting yeah. for you to come back yeah they put us the you know management puts us up on the shelves they so put us in the bookshelf and we just we just sit there and then the next night we come back out I love like on cruise ships when people ask if we live yeah. on the ship. And I was just, I was such a smart ass, which I shouldn't have said this. I go, no, they airlift us in and we <laughs> just drop in and then they pull us back out after. That's not a person I should, I should not be representing the company that way with. Sorry, my dog is chasing his tail, which is a little distracting. Is that what's happening over there? <laughs> yeah, he, there was a tornado that just came through. <laughs> that's another thing that's a surprise is if you start a Zoom interview, the dogs and cats don't make noise before they wait yeah. to record. And then well, it's our time, you guys, here we go. We're the barking, the cat will decide it's time to break <laughs> some stuff. Let's run through the glass bottles right now. So that's fantastic. Well, getting to listen to, uh, you know, people's stories, how, and you were sharing a little bit about this in the beginning, but how has it, how have people's stories helped you with your own healing? Um, you know, from what you spoke about, with uh, the Reno show, like what, what has it done for you? There's a kind of a t- two prong I'm going to go. One of them is I would hear these stories about friendships of people that have been friends for 40 plus years. They've been there for each other's kids. They still connect. And then I would listen to this and I get kind of sad. I'm like, what was I doing? 
Mm. And I was really thinking about friendships a lot and, and how, like, I have one friend that we were kind of close. She left like halfway through my contract. She was at the end of hers. And then like people get married, we move and there was some reaching out. And then I, I don't know, I think before social media and then when her names changed, you know, when we get mm-hmm. married and then another friend, Elizabeth, who I, we found each other not that long ago, but um, I also, it's just about friendship. And I was sharing with you, like, you know, in school, I would be kind of the third wheel with friends. And I was a floater, which I kind of took pride in. Like I was friends with the jocks and the stoners, mm-hmm. and yep. but I actually wasn't really part like I didn't have really good deep friends. I had friends that had boyfriends. So they would be my friend to tell me about how much they love this guy. <laughs> they would disappear for a year. Mm-hmm. He would break her heart and then she'd come back. And so I was that friend. So in the meantime, like, well, I'll go hang out with these people. So when I left, I didn't really have that strong connection. And then even in Reno, I think I was kind of shy. Um, I loved everybody and I remember listening and contributing. And then it wasn't really till I went to Puerto Rico and I went with two girls from Hello Hollywood Hello. And then we were in an apartment together. And then it was just that friendship depth. I think it was like, you know, if you don't practice being a friend. Yeah. Um, and then, so then from then, I feel like my friendships got deep, deeper, like in Montreal, like I have a friend now that we, like, I would say one of my best friends and we don't see each other except for like every five years. Mm-hmm. And that was a showbiz friend because you're doing the show together. You're, you know, we live by each other. And so like, I think in Reno, just hear these stories. I'm like, I wish I could go back. And like these people that were amazing that were in my row, like I hear their stories. I'm like, can we go back and just go mm-hmm. hang out at the pepper mill now? And, and yeah. like with, with the, the knowledge and the wisdom we have now um, yeah. and just get to do that of things. So it's, it was kind of a, a sadness, but it was, it, you know, I think a lot of people said, I wish I'd done this more and that, but I go, we were, we were where we were. Yep. How, and so you know, you have to grow and go through a little pain. So, you know, you even need to grow. Yeah. And then one of the, one of the things I've been really processing, and there's been a lot of stories about grief and trauma and I've been working around my own, but even going into Reno, I'm just going to say this may be triggers for people, but I was sexually assaulted by my, I think I can say this because there's a whole bunch of his stuff coming out now. It was my dance teacher's husband. And this was happening within our studio. None of us talked about it. And the setup was I'm moving to Vegas with his daughter, come in and we're going to talk to you about moving down there. Cause they'd been to Vegas to see the shows. He had basically ambushed me and he said, you know, you're going to have to sleep with producers to get the shows down there. I'm like, ah, oh, what? And I was like, or if I was still a virgin, I was still like very mm. much like that's naughty. And yeah, he said, well, if you're a virgin, he goes, I should be the one to change this for you. So, cause you're going to need to be good at this. And I remember just being in shock and being kind of drugged back into back through the studio and mm. kind of coming to and getting away and then wow. telling my telling my mom and she's just like well don't tell your dad and that was the end of it well to oh. find out this was happening and several girls had been raped and mm. so there was this the trauma of this is if you want this dance job this might be what you have to do and so I'm like well I'm not going to do that I will find a way or I'll see if there's women producers I mean I didn't know how I was going to do this I was going to go no matter what Mm-hmm. but I already went down fearful. And then mm-hmm. I also came down with a lot of uh, religious awful theology and, and stuff around the body and sexuality. And like, if you dance, you're going to hell. So I thought even ballet, like I just had had these mm. messages that dance was bad, but it's what I love, you know? So I thought, well, I might have to go to hell because I really want to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> and like this, the, the body is like, you're making men lust. Mm. Um, and so I had that to deal with. So then I didn't even know, like, hello Hollywood that what I was auditioning for when I got asked if I go topless I'm like 
I don't know, really know my process of that, but it was, I want this so bad. And I hated living in Vegas in the situation I was in. So the Reno was like, okay, I can get out of Reno. I don't want to go back home. I was understanding that also wasn't a good option, but I just went into it with already so much um, shame and crap. And when I, I think I've told this story. I don't know how many parts have come out. Cause I feel like my story kind of gets interjected in other people's, but sure. without the, the context that just, I think I've seen my story in context a little bit better. Hmm. Like how, um, when I t- called my parents to say that I got this job and they're like, how am I going to tell them it's topless? And my mom said, your dad's not going to come to the phone. You're not his daughter. And then she said, no man will marry you if you oh. do this. And then I got hung up on. And I just remember I cried for like, all night trying to figure it out with my roommate. She was like, I don't know, (laughs) but I went to Miss Bluebell's room to sign my contract. And I cried the whole way there and then told her, I can't take this job. I go, my parents said, I, you know, I'm not theirs if I do it and no one will marry me. And I go, I'm a Christian and I I can't do this. And I remember, I think I think of all, you know, I see the picture. She just seems so regal. So the fact that she's hugging me in her hotel room it's kind of baffling when I think of my impression of Miss Bluebell and then this moment. And she just said, girl, honey, the, oh, she said, honey, I added that. <laughs> you see, she just said, these are good girls. They are, a lot of these girls are married. They have children. They're, there's Christians. Like she was, this is very different from, you know, the Americans see this very different is how the, how the Europeans see this. This is the mm-hmm. body. It's beautiful. You're not doing anything wrong. And I, I had to really process, like she didn't, need me to do this show it's not like gosh we don't we have to lie to get sherry in because she's the one it's like no there's like did you see the other 300 people at the audition um so i know that it wasn't to sway me in i just felt like it was a really kind thing that she did Mm. um and then i had to reconcile figure out with my parents and and they saw the show they liked it my grandmother came a few times you know, but even in the back of my mind, like no man's going to marry me, you know? So, and I, you know, I do get married to a wonderful man. And I remember like mm-hmm. telling him this thing, like, okay, when I tell him I dance topless, it's over. Yeah. And I, I, I built this all up and he goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I was, and I think, I think where I was going also with the healing of this was kind of the start of being fascinated by this was being in therapy around a lot of stuff I've shared with some maybe on some of the episodes that my husband took his life 12 years ago and you knew Kirk and you were part of yep. my life when all that happened. And so one trauma brings up a lot. And so I ended up in therapy for, for the first time. And so we're working around this other hard things. And then he asked about, I don't even know how we got about the show. Cause I'm like, okay, when I tell him I was topless, then he's going to figure out why I'm so bad. And mm-hmm. I was ready for the therapizing around being a topless showgirl. And I just, I told him, I sat there with my head down and he, he kind of, he just, I don't know if he said, look at me, but I remember looking at him, like afraid to look in his eyes. And he I said, did, how did, did you like it? I go, I started crying. Oh, I loved it. Mm. I'm going to cry now. Mm-hmm. I go, that was where I felt the most empowered in my body. I felt mm. beautiful. I felt connected. I think there was, you know, it was, it was a process. I mean, now I feel like I can go back and own that G string in a totally right. different way. Right. Um, <laughs> and it feels really beautiful because it is like the audience doesn't get to say, anything. They don't get to have you. You have full say you have the power you're with, with other amazing people on stage. You're not by yourself. And so I realized the process since the first reunion, hello, Hollywood, hello. And, and, and coming to terms with like that, that was not my shame that was put on me. And now I feel like 
oh my gosh, what a gift that was and how beautiful that was. And what the hell, look what I was wearing. Like, I was a goddess up there. Right. And so I think it's, it's been a retroactive healing around a lot of, a lot of shame of that was not, that should not have been there. You know, mm. like how you're responsible if men lust, your body is dangerous. Men might have bad thoughts. You're being naked may make them listen to rock music <laughs> 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 or play cards or swear or whatever. It was all connected that dancing leads to sex, dancing leads to alcohol, drums lead to sex. Like, and then you find out, well, sex isn't bad. Like what? Right. <laughs> right. Damn, I could have been having so much more fun in these shows. <laughs> and this helped, and your, and this helped you come to this point. Your podcast helped you. Yeah, helped you it's, come to this point. I think I was circling around it, mm-hmm. and then just sitting with people and and having some other people have situations like yeah. you know somebody that came out of a very strict Mormon um, family, and so when I asked the questions, I'm curious about them, but I think there's a part of me like how did you reconcile that? Sure. And then to sit with someone else who's been through some of those things and have some people just be like, when I talk to a lot of people, like if the topless thing, if we, you know, talk about like, they thought they were auditioning for this and then they were asked to be topless. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, said, how was that? It was fine. Like we were, that was no big deal. I'm like, really? Like, what was that like to come in without the shame? And to feel, and to not have your, and have your mother be the one that hooks up your audition for you. And like, celebrate that and like there's a mother daughter sister two it was Karina Burgess no Karina oh gosh Karina Burgess and Marissa Burgess their sisters one mm-hmm. was the star at the Lido one was the star at the Moulin Rouge at the same time and there's there's, there's their stories fabulous mm. and then now Karina's daughter Savannah is a sublime which is you know one of the she's amazing and so to them it's like not like, oh my gosh, my daughter's topless. I'm like, right. Yes, you're amazing. And yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful to also hear the healthy side of yes. that too. And the celebration and like to be a bluebell yes. is so revered. And here we have to say, well, it's kind of like this. We're not strippers. Right. Kind of like they're like, we, there's no way to explain it. And so if you say you're in Vegas, people assume the worst, you're, the worst. <laughs> right? yes. If you say you're in Reno, they're like, well, that's nothing. What are you, a, a cowgirl? So, so it felt like I wanted to, I wanted to tell people this is amazing. And, and one of the things when I talked to um, Athena Pataxel, who has her podcast called Showgirl's Life of how she was saying, like, it was really funny because it cracked, it made me realize my flip of that was, am I that person that's making a bigger thing than it was? Like when, mm-hmm. when, like, I think like the football player, like I'm thinking of Napoleon dynamite, the guy who's still living out that one play. Yes. Right. You know, like yeah. His, your glory days. That glory. Yeah, she's, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, no. And I went, I think we made too little of it. I think yeah. that we just went, no, I did this show. And then I did this and then yes. I opened the studio. I'm like, no, I made too little of, of that, of how wonderful that was as an experience. And that community that is still like, I talked to someone who's a bluebell if they're 80 or if they're 20 and we're like, yeah. I, I get you, like, I get you, yeah. but yours is so different. What is it like for you? What was it like to be like in the sixties as a woman touring right. the world, you know, when you're supposed to be a secretary? <laughs> <laughs> Just how old were you when you auditioned for that show? Like what, how, how old were you? I was almost 20. I okay. graduated. I was, you know, I turned 18, like before all my friends and my birthday, September. Yeah. And then I had to wait a year for my friend is my ballet teacher's daughter who went down. So they, mm-hmm. I just waited and saved money that year. And I was just ready. I need to get out of town. I did yeah. not want to be there. So we had to wait. So then I was, yeah, went down. I was already 19 and then turned 
20. Yeah. So I turned 20 when I got in the show because my birthday, September got in right when I turned 20 and I turned 21 uh, before the contract ended. Yeah. So so like 19 to have those words from your, you know, your mom, that it's pretty young to have those, you know, to have those words. Yeah. So yes, it's uh, that could shape, you know, the rest of your career. And I love what Bluebell said to you. I mean, it was so, what I love, what I love about it is that it actually wasn't about your parents. It wasn't about their point of view. It was about, about the women in her show. It was about the show itself and the opportunity and what you could be a part of versus any kind of, you know, any kind of judgment about, about what your mom was saying, mm. which I think that's really neat. How wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Okay. I just thought that was another part of the game. It's like, your mother's stupid. Right. No, no, that was, I mean, your mother felt that way. Okay. But yeah, she was talking about your opportunity versus, you know, about what your mom, about your mom's words. It's neat. I do want to say something also that has been a wonderful surprise is Bluebell's life. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that moment with her and I knew she came to the show once or twice the year I was there. Don Arden, I knew from that from the yelling and the things I heard and his <laughs> reputation, but I think uh-huh. he came to the show once. And then I did went on and worked with the producer. So I never really knew about her history. I didn't know her longevity. And I have learned so much because there's people that tell me mm. like Jeremy Boucher, he's in his twenties. Maybe he knows more about bluebells than probably any of us do. Mm. And he's a wow. young guy that is like a historian in a way. Mm-hmm. And so he's telling me things. And then uh, Christopher Nunez, who's been doing his research, he never was in the shows. He's just been researching oh. it. He goes t- and reads all the books on it and finds out more. He's been listening to the podcast because it's helping him get kind of the personal stories. Uh-huh. But I had an interview with him and I'm like, what? Really? What? <laughs> you know? And I have her book that it's really fascinating, but it, it's good. But it's more of the stories, like the people that actually were friends with yes. Miss Bluebell and what an amazing businesswoman she was and how mm. smart and how she took care of her girls and the whole thing with the war, like uh, what happened with, with France being occupied by Germany and like that the mm-hmm. show's still going on and what's happening. Mm. Yeah. There's just so much, I'm fascinated by her and to be a woman of that time with that, uh, the way she did what she did is amazing. Mm. So I think it makes me have this pride of not just the Bluebell name as a bunch of dancers, but from Miss Bluebell herself and even just the name like I was going to call it, I don't know, something of rhinestones. I don't know. But then I went the name of the reunion oh, right. yeah. in, in Paris is called Bluebells Forever. So I asked Lindsay, I said, you know, if you don't want me to use this, I won't. And so she gave me the okay. And I'm like, it just, it just, so a lot of people are confused. They think that I'm talking about flowers. I'm like, I just want <laughs> the flowers. Because right I'm now, here for a garden just, show. What's happening? <laughs> what are all these talks of boobies? Because <laughs> there are, the bluebells are in bloom right now, all out yep. in front of my yard. So it's just yes. interesting that the anniversary just yeah. lines up with that. And so I just wanted to honor like Miss Bluebell's legacy that each of us are grateful for a career if you met her or not right. and just the opportunity because you know we've worked for Greg Thompson nothing you know there's people that I, I I I just feel a very different connection to this story mm-hmm. um than than any other producer because a lot of those people worked with Bluebell for several shows I only did one and then I right. worked for like five other producers because I wanted to try like what's it like here? I want to do this kind of choreography. I want to go yes. travel where it's warm. Like I yeah. need to learn French. Let's go to Montreal. So, yes. <laughs> well, what do you see? What do you see for the future of this, of your podcast? Like, what do you, what do you hope to continue to do? Um, do you have, 
you know, aspirations? Do you have that one interview you're looking for? Do you have, you know, are, are there people that you really want to, to interview? Like w- what are your hopes for the next year of your podcast? Yeah, I think I knew there's a lot of people to interview, but doing this a year and I'm like, I'm just scratching the surface. Ah. And, and what's been really fun is like, I've interviewed 20 year olds in the current show. And I've really, lo- I just want to see that show go because I just yeah. want like their career was just getting, you know, we're, yeah. we had ours. So I feel such a connection to them. So I want to go to Paris and I want to, I tell them I'm going to hug you. And they're like, okay, bring it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to come <laughs> to the show. I'm going to now see the show different because I've heard their story. Mm-hmm. And I think that I want to do an interview backstage, like when it's safe to travel and, and to meet somewhere and just hear their stories face to face and maybe do a video. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing a road trip with Athena in June and we're mm-hmm. going to go Reno, which is my stomping grounds. And so mm-hmm. she has people that she's interviewed for hers. Um, she's focused more in Vegas, but a lot of those people were, you know, both Reno and like, hello, Hollywood and hallelujah, Hollywood and Jubilee, like, you know, would switch from one cast to the next. And so we're going to do some video. I don't know how much we'll get out there. It might just be ridiculous road trip footage, but I just want to like show people's faces and I want to go seeing if I can get on stage at MGM and go backstage. And just for those who never got to go back and see the theater that live abroad, like, oh my, maybe we can see our dressing rooms or just, you know, look at the hotel and then we're going to be in Vegas for three days and we're going to go visit the Showgirl Museum and, and like celebrate these people that are like preserving the history, which there's yeah. way more than I ever knew of things that are feeling we need to document this. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go up to, to LA, see Pete Menifee. We're going to have lunch. Yay! <laughs> That's I've amazing. Had him, I've had him three times and they're still, we, oh. we're, we're just in the, in the epilogue of his story. Like for sure. Oh, for <laughs> sure. So much. Cause you could just do his movie career. You could just do his costume yeah. design. You could do his dance career. That's another um, podcast. Menifee forever. Oh my God. <laughs> He's just, and it's like, you go, I have to end because like people, yeah. you know, but, but like have to break it up, but there's so much there. And so just to see these people in person, I'm, I'm giddy, you know, right. like masks or vaccine, we're going to figure it out, be outside. Cause I want to go before it's on fire. Like hopefully not literally, but when Vegas is 120, yes. June will already be hot. <laughs> it won't be fully open. So to be, you know, in giant crowds doesn't sound like fun. Right. I would love to, to travel and, and see people face to face and get some video. I, I, whatever gets the story out, there's one woman, Elizabeth Phillips, who has written a book and she um, was in the sixties traveling Italy with Miss Bluebell. And so Ooh. she had me read her book and she asked me to write the endorsement on the cover. So oh. I am thrilled. Um, wow. There's just so many things that are, are coming about that feel really important. So I think what I found is I also love is being a platform for other people to share. Like I just, I'm really in awe of people that are creating during a, a yes, pandemic. Right. Like there's like fit online fitness, Kalon, and there's, there's shows, there's um, fashion design. Like there's people that are blowing me away with what they're creating. Right. My first sponsor was uh, showgirl G string, mm-hmm. Ellie Wicket with barely there. And so like, I want to see you succeed. I go, how do I help? You know, like, let's, yeah. let's get the word out. So I think that's partly is like, how do we, you know, let people see how amazing these people, not just their product, like who are the people are, that are making it? Yeah. Hillary, Hillary Sukanos, I've had her on the, she's kind of my champion and then connects me to people. And then we, she's just so all about that. Like you need to talk to them. So yeah. So some guests I've had like people that were known as like the, the 
queen, basically. Uh-huh. Oh, you got to get this person. So I've gotten them. Like, it's just, it's oh, just amazing. Awesome. And then, and then like the dressers who have made an impact on people's yeah. lives, the backstage. So I feel like I, my list is so long. And then every time someone comes on, like, oh, you should talk to my friend mm. or someone will say, Hey, I, I loved your podcast. Like, do you want to come on? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have to live at least 30 more years. <laughs> get all these stories out. Yeah, because I was doing two a week and then I was like, because I'm like, oh, there's so many. And then I had to slow down because I think it's hard for people to like, if they're finding it later, like what, there's 50 before this one I have to go back on. So to slow down, but now I'm like, I wish I was doing two a week because I seriously, like, I want to get them, them all out there. Yeah. yeah, So whatever comes out of this, I I feel like I didn't know this was going to be a thing. So I've kind of held it loosely, like a lot of things in life, like who knows, but like, there's been surprises. Like I can, I feel a lot of us um, are feeling the importance of keeping this alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe there's collaborations. I'm just open to whatever, but for me, it's telling the stories, holding them sacred and then giving people's voice. Like this is who they are. Aren't they amazing? You've always been, you know, I've known you a long time and you've always been a person who uh, gives space and a place for people to flourish and be themselves, you know, whether it's your dance studio, um, just this, you know, your podcast, you have always been a person who celebrates in someone else's success. Mm. Like I, I fully believe that you feel there is enough sunshine for everybody. Do you know? And you want everybody to feel the sunshine. And then, and what you were just sharing right here is it just goes hand in hand with that, where, you know, you are, um, you are really good at that and just giving an avenue and a, and a, and a platform for someone to share and shine. And, Mm. uh, and I really appreciate that, especially, you know, somebody who's known you since I was a teen. Right. So, you know, you've always been there for me in that way. And I, you know, I see it. That's, that's why you're so beloved. That's why, you know, that's why people want to come and and speak with you. And, and when we can be with you <laughs> because you, I know I can't wait. Uh, you allow for that quick side question. Do we know um, when the next uh, Bluebell reunion in Paris is going to be? Is there, do we know? I think a lot of us will bring it up and like, Lindsay, if you're listening, we're ready. Uh-huh. Lindsay- like, when we were in the last one, we're already asking when, when's the next one. And then we had yeah. the pandemic, which again, yeah. I can't believe that if that had been the year if it would have oh. been last year, we wouldn't have had it. And I'm like, we're going, we're so grateful that we had yeah. that before this happened. She seems like she was willing and uh-huh. she had, we were like, so no, take a break. Like, really, we love you. Take a break. And then like, maybe we realized that a lot of us maybe can help in certain ways now that, yeah. you know, we have more social media and how much work goes into it. But it was, if I, and you have to come, I know. And I know you and I have talked about going yes. to Paris because now you have to come to Lido with me at least twice. Yeah, we also need to see the Moulin Rouge and we need to yeah. see the crazy horse and then Nouvelle, which I didn't, I had no idea there was more shows and there's one in Strasbourg, which you love. Yes. And it's like a thousand seat cabaret show. That's a full feather showgirl in this tiny, I'm like, wait, those don't go together. Like, like it looks like Beauty and the Beast would happen. And then you've got a cabaret topless show here. Yeah. I right. love that. <laughs> Sign so, me up. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. I really don't. Cause if, you know, if I, if there's something I want to do, I do, I do my very best to get there. And if I, if I don't do it, I let it go. But that year for the for that reunion, you know, I already had a trip to Europe planned for December. 
and we're doing something else in August. And I just couldn't make another August trip to go out to that reunion. And still, you know, in I'm in the, you know, the Bluebell Facebook group and just still seeing those pictures and, you know, when it came back up for people's memories and stuff. And it's not that I don't regret it because I, I really try not to regret stuff, but boy, I really missed the, that opportunity, you know, and I miss that I didn't get to go. So yes, that's why I'm like, you know, just selfishly, I'm just going to use this interview right now for uh, my own purposes <laughs> to find out when I get an opportunity to go. <laughs> all right. We will all put a little pressure because I, when you, and I talked about going, cause you said, can Steve go? I'm like, damn. Yeah. yeah. I love Steve. You guys are so fun together. There no one in my life, but I want to travel with them and their husband. No one. <laughs> right. Except, except for you and Steve. Um, but I just think what would be so fun is to see a show with someone who's that was, 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 what was so fun of watching the show with other dancers who yes. were so excited and interviewing people, the dancers in the show at that night, they said that was one of their favorite performances ever. They said they could hear, they could feel us. Oh, the I love that. And so it felt like it was equal. So it was really fun to watch it. Not like explaining it to someone who doesn't know, like, Hey, yeah. I used to do that or whatever. It was, yeah. So that's why we think it'd be fun to see it with you and like, to really like, Oh my gosh, we did yes. this. We did that. That's exactly it. Like we did this. This is amazing. I think also kind of the point touch on this that you spoke early about it, but you know, when you're in the moment, you know, I was in Jubilee for two years and I, I don't know, I don't think I knew to know that I should be cherishing my time then. Right. I was 24 to 22 to 24 years old. Um, I, I mean, I love my time. Don't get me wrong. I love every minute of being in that show, but I didn't know just how special it was. And sometimes I think, you know, maybe the, the current cast sounds like more and more they do understand um, and maybe more so in Europe than than us in the U.S., you know, because maybe there's a little bit more of the history and the connection, you know, in Paris and the shows and the, the theaters themselves. I, you know, I, I'd love to find out for myself if that's true. But, you know, I, I in a way, it's almost like a special treat for me later in life to have this different connection to that time period of my life. Cause uh, uh, I, I think I probably, I probably appreciate it more, you know, at this age, but it's so fun. You know, there are a lot of years between me and when I was in that show that it, it just makes it even more special. And it, it just, you know, it makes me kind of stand up a little taller and be like, yeah, I was a bluebell. This is amazing. And look at this whole community and you know your podcasts and the Facebook groups and the reunions it's you know it's really cool to be a part of it and I, I don't know if my 22 year old self would have appreciated it so I've know, heard that I think from every person I think we yeah. just can't quite I do can we do a shout out yes we can it's my damn podcast um, for sure <laughs> shout it out <laughs> uh somebody that you know too is Hannah Mooney mm -hmm. who is in the cabaret show that we got started on and I was like so yeah. thrilled. And I do have to say that is one thing when that comes back, my oh, expectation yeah. is much higher Oh, because I have watched videos. I've heard that like the refinement that we had that, that doesn't translate to dance today. Like we, I've had some, um, Paris heels from Paris workshops where I had yes. these amazing people on zoom and Hannah has been to almost all of those and she mm. listens to the podcast. So Hannah, I love you. Yep. And she, she just like this whole world that they don't have access yeah. to. Like you want to be a dancer, you know, maybe the Rockettes. So I, I just love her feedback. It's not just the stories. It's the heart stuff. She's just, Oh, I, this part really made me think about this person's. Oh, okay. So she's giving me the time signal, but, but I, I told her, I go, let's, let's work on that. Let's get you to Paris. Yeah, because I watched her in the last heels class, which was with Jonah Wilkins, and that was with Alexandra Alexandra Yerexa, beautiful. Mm. And I watched something switch in Hannah, where all of a sudden mm. 
she transformed because she's watching people who do it really well. And she's yep. like, I, I want to live that life. I'm like, yep. then I will, she's going to house it for me while I do the road trip. I'm like, let's trade and let's, let's, how can we get you there? Because yep. for me to go to Paris and see Hannah or anyone else who wants to do that, because I think people have no idea how hard it's going to be. Yep. What they put you through, those auditions are different than what we did. Like you have yep. to be doing upside down push-ups on the wall to show that you're strong <laughs> enough to the can can. I'm like, ooh, okay, would have failed that one. But but there is something of seeing it inspire. Cause I think I was hoping more people at my studio would listen. There's I don't think hardly anyone does, mm-hmm. but there's a few. And so when they say they listen, I get emotional. I'm like, cause I feel mm-hmm. like, oh, you know that part of me that nobody else knows. Cause yes. it's like, oh, that's that's before. So I feel like that part feels important. And maybe it would inspire dancers to go, there's more than being in a Beyonce video. Right. You know, there's other ways you can make money and do this show and still take dance class and still yes. do outside gigs and like see the world. Yes. So I'm hoping that when things open up, it might be different and maybe we need that, but like, okay, here's what you do. Here's some stories you can listen to. Here's some motivation. Here's some people that had some heartache getting there, but yeah. that overcame it. So that's something I get excited about too, is like, this is, can be a preservation, but also maybe inspiration, inspiration. Like yeah. you can do, we did it. Yeah. I couldn't do a clean pirouette. I think maybe I got it before the audition. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed one and it was at the right time, right, right in my audition. <laughs> I whipped out a double that day. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah, keep going, whatever, you know, like maybe dream different. Yes. And, you know, part of it is uh, getting exposed to the different potential avenues that you can take as a dancer. If all you see is, um, you know, music videos, then you think that that's all there is for the dance career. So yes, podcasts like this and just being exposed to as much as possible, just, you know, then, then you can see that the world, really the world, not just the U.S., right? The world's your oyster. And there's so many opportunities around the world. Yeah. And thank you so much for this. Um, this was, a, this is like, I wanted to do, I felt important to do, and it felt important to do it with you. So um, thank, you. thank you for, for being on the show. Thanks for like being my friend and thanks for, I have someone to go to and say, weren't we pretty? <laughs> <laughs> but some of the gigs that we've done together, it's more like, we just laughed a lot. <laughs> I don't right. know what happened. That. We still went to our feathers. Yeah. yeah. So well, I'm going to say goodbye. Much. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who's listened to this. Uh, if you've been listening for a year, or if you just found us, I, it really means a lot that we've got listeners that, that value this and like want to hear stories. And then if you've got a story you want to tell, reach out to me. Okay. But, goodbye, my friend. Until the bye. next time. Until bye, Paris. Bye, bye, bye. Ciao. <laughs>